No, I don't know. But anyway, we would always say that. Every time we went in our little, like, he would say it in his British accent, and I would say it in my Anglo-American. Potter, T-S-H-M-C-G, bye! Ta-ra! Cheerio, mate! See you tomorrow! Potter, T-S-H-M-C-G, bye! Ta-ra! Cheerio, mate! See you tomorrow! Domo origato, Mr. Roboto. Hey, yes, it's uh, finally it's time. Once again, you know, this is uh, the bitter spill. My name is Dan Class. I'm sitting in my garage in my little, uh, you know, studio here under the fly bath at Los Angeles International Airport. Listening to the jumbo jets land, the helicopter stock, the latest uh, felon. Every once in a while. You know, my family will stop uh, talking to me, nagging me, constantly requesting things like, um, you know, food, uh, clean laundry, income, affection, attention, and uh, I will get a chance to record. Now, it's been a while since I've, you know, it's been a while. And basically, I'll tell you why it's been a while. It's been a while because no one will leave me alone. Constantly with the daddy, will you this and daddy, can we that and daddy, let's do something fun like go to the beach or have go to the arcade or go bowling. Let's have lunch. Let's do this. Let's do that. It's, oh, it's been it's actually been fun. It's actually been a lot of you know what summer's almost over and uh, you, you know I take every opportunity to beg for school to start and and yet you know what it's been a good summer. The trouble is though. You know, the kids are here all the time. I, I, I might have to take next summer off uh, doing these recordings because, uh, you know, just, uh, yeah, I, you know, you know, right? How many masters can you serve, for golly's sake? So we're back. Now, you know, for, for those of you that are, uh, you know, premium uh, folk, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to go out to just pre. I don't know who this is going out to, but I'm telling you, if you're a premium folk, and I, I did promise four a month, I did promise that. You're right, I did, and uh, I'm going to deliver. So don't you fret. We got plenty to go over. And frankly, I don't know if I, uh, even though you know, I'm here in the studio. I don't know if I have it in me to get through everything. It's almost been a month. I mean, it's the 25th. My gosh, we haven't really spoken all month. So I think you know we'll we'll catch up. We'll catch up. And then at the end, I got some things to tell you about or half tell you about. And then, uh, you know, I'll come back in a day or two and uh, continue. So twice a year, we go back to uh, Poughkeepsie, New York to visit my in-laws. And what this means is I finally get a break from, uh, you know, driving the kids around, getting them lunch, bathing them all that stuff, you know, here at the house. And we uh, we all pack up and we fly back east for about 10 days. And uh, I spend 10 days in New York uh, driving them around and getting them lunch, getting them bathed, entertaining them, uh, just, you know, somewhere where there's humidity. Uh, but we did, you know, we did have, hey, listen, we went bowling. We went to the mall. We, had, we ate at the mall. We ate at a restaurant, uh, you know, you're you're really not a uh, suburban father unless you fairly regularly have a meal at a mall. 
Um, I said, where do we, we hit at a Ruby. I mean, it doesn't really matter which one, where we ate. It wasn't at the food court. It was at the restaurant. You know, how all malls now have a food court and, uh, you know, at least a couple of restaurants. We ate, at, I think it was Ruby Tuesdays. And, um, you know, it's true what they say in the commercials. They actually did get rid of the bad seventies. Um, you know, what do you call those? Uh, oh, there's a word for those horrible and if you have these in your basement, just relax when I put these down. But I think they're horrible. Those stained glass uh, lamp things that our parents had when I was in high school, junior high. You know what I'm talking? You know, there's a certain kind of, uh, there's a certain name for those lamps. They're horrible. <sighs> you know what I mean? They were in all the fern barns of the, uh, you know, late 70s and early 80s. So Ruby Tuesdays finally got, you know, got rid of those. And now they, um, you know, they got hipper lamps. Uh, hooray. I just want to know, sir, are all all restaurants 10 bucks for a hamburger? It is, right? Everywhere, everywhere I go now, if it's a restaurant, I, I, I you know, I, uh, hello? What, where, aren't cows fairly common? Can't you just get a common cow? When we drive out through, you know, when we drive from here to the Taconic, we pass acres of cows. You can't kill one of those. Where are you getting these diamond-studded cows that you're charging me for? Oh, but free refills on Diet Coke. You need your hit, buddy? I got free refills of Diet Coke. I'll bring the pitcher by and just glug, glug, glug as much as you want. Keep drinking it, buddy. But it was fun. Now, when we were... Um, I'm trying to think of what we did. Well, you know, one thing we did do is... um. We, uh, now, this guy is not my nephew, necessarily, but in a way, I th- he's kind of like, uh, what, like, what do you call your, your son's cousins by marriage that aren't really their cousins? See, what we do is we go and we, you know, we visit my mother-in-law and my brother-in-law, my wife's brother, and then... They, he and his wife, live very close to his wife's family. Have I lost you yet? Good. I figured I would. And they have a big family. And they have, and so my kids' cousins have lots of cousins. So what are they to my kids? I don't know. Cousins-in-law? Cousins-in-law thrice removed? I don't know. But anyway, one of them owns a, a comic book store. Now, that's about all a nine-year-old like Hudson needs is to have someone in the quote-unquote family that owns a comic book store. So now we get to go to the comic book store. But the good thing is I really like comic book stores. Now, I, I, I weaned myself off of comic book stores and comic books years ago. And I, I don't know if I've ever even told you this. Now, you know, when I was a little kid, I lived in England for about three years with my family. My father, uh, you know, he worked for Eastman Kodak and we were transferred he was transferred and we had to go with him because he, you know, made the money. Uh, we, we lived in England. And uh, my backyard neighbor, he didn't live next door. He lived over our fence and over our backyard fence, Andrew. Andrew and I got into comic books. And in those days, and apparently it's still what happens. And this I find fascinating. If you want to subscribe to a comic book, in those days, and people still do it, you don't... Um, you don't, you know, like if you're going to subscribe to Wired or Fast Company or GQ or uh, whatever. Home Daddy. 
My new, the new Dan Class magazine, Home Daddy. Ooh, maybe, maybe that should actually be the, the magazine that I'm... Home Daddy is a copyright of uh, Dan Class and Jack Amenia, 2008. Anyway, you don't send in the subscription card and you get it mailed to you uh, every month for $10 for a year. What you do is you go to the guy that sells the comic books and you give them a little list of the comic books you want and they hold them for you. And then you walk over there and pick them up, which is awesome because they don't get destroyed in the mail. You know exactly when they're coming out. You get your butt down there with your all your allowance. You hand it over. You get your comic books. You're good to go. And the weird, the weird kind of, you know, whatever is when I was reading these comic books. Now, this was, uh, you know, mid, well, early. Was it really the early to mid... 70s? Holy mackerel. Okay. Well, you know, England is not America. Now, a lot of these comic books were American comic books, but apparently there was a good 20-year, or uh, excuse me, 10-year lag. So we were able to get, um, like, the British super early editions of Spider-Man, X-Men, all that kind of stuff. So I had, like, the origin books of Spider-Man, maybe the Fantastic Four, X-Men, like old school X-Men. No, not Wolverine X-Men, like the Ice Guy and the Beast Guy, those X-Men, the real old Frank Kirby looking Stan Lee X-Men. So my my big, my, the ones I liked were um, Spider-Man. Planet of the Apes. Yeah, there was a whole... Marvel did this Planet of the Apes in, in conjunction with the movie, this Planet of the Apes book series, comic book. It was brilliant and beautiful and gorgeous and I loved it. And... Um, oh, and there was one other one that my friend Andrew got all the time that I read. And it was... Gosh, I, I wish I could remember. But every week we would go down to the sweet shop or the greengrocer, whoever would hold these books for us. The bookmonger? I don't know. British, you know, in Britain they have all these cute names for everything, you know. So we'd, we'd walk into town, we'd go past the, the greengrocer grocer, and um, past the sweet shop and, and to the greengrocer, whoever had the other things, I don't know. The bookshop, right? And we'd read them and read them and we'd, we'd, you know, we'd dress up as Spider-Man or Doc Savage or we'd do, you know, we'd act out all the comic books and we'd read them and then I'd try to, and he'd go home and I'd sit and try to draw them, draw them, draw them. I want to learn, I want to learn how to draw the Incredible Hulk just like Jack Kirby, darn you. It got so bad that whenever Andrew was over, okay, or I was over there and then we had to part. We had a salutation. I, I should ask my mother what it is because I, I, I'm so embarrassed to say that I can't remember what it was. But we would say something like, Pata, T-S-H, M-C-G, bye. And it stood for Pata was Planet of the Apes, M, M-C-G, Marvel Comic Group. Okay, I'm getting there. It was Planet of the Apes, M-C-G, Marvel, Marvel Comic Group. Oh my God, this is... This was not what I expected to tell you today. Pata MCG. T.S. I don't know what the other one. I'm going to have I'm going to have to track down my friend Andrew and, and Pata T.S.H.M. I want to say MCG. 
No, but T T S H. Oh, is T S H first? The superheroes? No, I don't know. But anyway, we would always say that every time we went in our little like he would say it in his British accent, and I would say it in my Anglo-American. Potter T S H M C G. Bye. Ta-ra! Cheerio, mate. See you tomorrow. We'll read more, and we'll we'll act out Fantastic Four. I'll be the the stretchy guy, and you can be the guy that bursts into flames. Now, I don't know, uh, I don't know what got into us. Because, uh, maybe it's because we were reaching 12 and our focus was veering quickly towards females. I I really suspect that may have had something to do with it because I, and I don't know if you've heard the Heather Armstrong story, but, um. You know, I had this little chippy, this older woman from my side of the fence, an American girl, two years older. One day, Andrew and I decided that we had outgrown Pata, T-S-H-M-C-G, bye. We would no longer be going past the chemist and the sweet shop and the green grocer to the bookshop to pick up Potter by TSHMCG by. We decided instead that we would make a somewhat messy pile of comic books All with low, low edition numbers. Low, low, the origin of this, the origin of that. Look, it's the first Silver Surfer episode in Britain. All these British versions of the beginnings of all the American superheroes. And we decided that the only thing we could really do is light them all on fire. We burned up Spider-Man, Mr. Fantastic, The Thing, The Silver Surfer, Taylor and Cornelius and Zira and Zaius. Charlton Heston. And his little voice bubble. Get your stinking paws off me, you damn dirty apes. Up in flames in his little British backyard. His back garden would be the place for our little funeral pyre. The collected works of MCG. Potter. T-S-H. MCG. Bye. Now, you know, what? It, what is it, 35 years later? 30, 35, 32 years later? And I have a son who now is about the age, well, he's, he's a little younger, but quickly coming up on the age that I was when Andrew and I burnt what is would probably now be uh, several 
thousand dollars worth of comic books. You, you, little, are you Nana? Stupid, right? Are that what? Do you, what? What? No, you burn. Why did you have to burn them? Why couldn't you just put them in a box? Why did you have to burn? Why couldn't you have just put them, you know, in a in a little uh, uh, Ziploc baggie, and put them in a box and brought them back to the states and just kept them and kept them? You could have kept them at your mom's house. You know, she wouldn't have thrown them away. So Grant, uh, Grant Bachoco, star and, uh, you know, writer, producer, whatever, of the Radio Adventures of Dr. Floyd, he, he sends me a message one day. Did I tell you this? He sends me a message through the uh, internets that Stan Lee, Stan Lee, is going to be at the Santa Monica Bookstore signing a book, signing book. There's going to be a book signing at the Santa Monica Bookstore. I think I told you this. So, so Hudson and I, we, we raced out there. We raced. We want to see Stan Lee created Spider-Man. We love that. Oh, Hudson's all into Spider-Man. Oh, absolutely. Let's go see Stan. So Hudson brings, you know, he brings his uh, Spider-Man pop-up book. And we race to Santa Monica. And they say, Stan Lee, he's only signing his new book. What's the new book? It's political satire. Oh, how perfect for my nine-year-old son. He's really not signing. Nope, he's only signing the new book. Well, what if we buy one? He'll sign the new book. What if we buy two? Well, I figure, listen, if this sweet-faced little nine-year-old boy goes up there and we've got two of these silly political satire books. Oh, look, it's pictures of political candidates and politicians with little voice bubbles, Stan. That's hot. What did this take you, three hours to write this entire book? With lunch and a nap. Stan Lee didn't sign anything for anyone but his new book. Forty-five completely shattered geeks standing in line. They can't believe that they've bought this little political satire book with the wacky little voice bubbles. They're walking around. Seriously, there's probably a million dollars worth of uh, Spider-Man paraphernalia in that place. And Sam won't touch any of it with a Sharpie. No. 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 Not even for a nine-year-old boy with a Spider-Man pop-up book. You know what, Stan? Pata. T-S-H. MCG. Bye. Oh, have a have a drink of tea. Oh, you shouldn't you shouldn't start to speak when you're still swallowing tea because you I think you could drown. I could feel it starting to go up into my sinuses. That's not good. So when we were in New York. As we typically do, we went into New York City to visit friends and had a lovely time, uh, truly. Really, the only thing, I mean, we had a lovely time the whole time we were in New York, except whenever I travel, my uh, pretty much my entire system shuts down. And so uh, I really kind of have on and off about a 
10-day uh, migraine. Aside from that, honestly, and, and I'm not joking, aside from having a migraine for 10 days plus the two days I was in Las Vegas after that for the uh, New Media Expo, really it was a lovely August. 10-day migraine. So anyway, so we go into the city and, uh, you know, saw some friends. Lovely time. So we're looking for a place to eat. Oh, no, no, let me back up even. In New York City, uh, now when I lived in New York City, I lived there for a very short time. Times Square was, you know, essentially hell on earth. It was dirty and uh, dangerous and stinky and it was hell. That was back in the days really where the there was the big Coca-Cola sign that you may remember from old movies. Most of the lights were no longer working. And that was it. It was pretty much, you know, hookers and uh, peep shows. And um, I think hookers. And that was it. And now, as you all know, it's, uh, you know, it's Disneyland over there. Well, I don't know why we got it in our heads that we would go to Toys R Us uh, in Times Square. I guess we heard that it was big and impressive and Hudson's friend had been there and they might have a lot of Star Wars stuff. And he's just really into Star Wars now. Seriously, 10 seconds ago, he was describing to me the entire lineage again of the Jedi Order. And, and I, you know, I, I, I don't need to know who Mace Windu's Padawan was. I really don't. I gotta, this kid has got to start a, like, Star Wars, t- a nine-year-old Star Wars geek podcast because I cannot take it. I don't need, I don't need to know. Well, you go into Toys R Us in Times Square. Have you been there? There is a Ferris wheel inside the Toys R Us. Did you know that? Can you wrap? I couldn't, even seeing it, even standing there seeing it, I'm like, I can't wrap my head around the fact that I'm inside a store. First of all, I, first of all, I can't wrap my head around the fact that I'm in Times Square. So then I kind of wrap my head around that, how shiny and, and flashing, lighty and, and big, huge, everything is Times Square. And then we go to a toy store and then there's a Ferris wheel in the toy. You know, there's something, just something about that that my brain can't deal with. And it's got to be, I, you know, I don't what it was like five stories high indoors. So my daughter and my wife ride that. My husband and I, you know, go check out all the Star Wars stuff. And then we need to... Um, Someplace to eat. And um, we're with our friend uh, Wendy, who used to uh, work in that area. But she, you know, it's been a while. And she can't think of anywhere to go. I don't know where the hell to go. Melissa wants to go downtown. And I know if she starts taking us downtown, we're going to go all the way downtown. If we head up, if we start going downtown instead of uptown, if we start going downtown, she's going to drag our asses all the way to 23rd Street just to eat lunch. And when I say 23rd, I probably actually mean 14th. And we're in the 50s. Listen, honey, we got to eat, okay? Can we just... Wendy's bound to find something. Can we... Let's just pick a direction away from Toys R Us and go. Daddy daddy needs another hit of Diet Coke. Or or the migraine... the, The migraines comes back. So... We're wandering around. We're gonna go to this one place, but it's... Maybe it's closed or something. We see this... And almost jokingly, we notice and remark like, ha, 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 maybe we should eat there. And 
honestly, I didn't understand it at first. There, there was like a plaza, okay, but down. Not at street level. It was lower than street. It was like a story below street level, but you could look down into it at street level. And because it's Manhattan, you would assume that any plaza like this that you can see from the street would be full of people, but it's completely empty. The streets are full of people, sidewalks, cluttered, shoulder to shoulder. This little plaza down here is completely empty. But the sign says Mars 2112. So I think, great, this is some, some sort of melding of science fiction and the Canadian uh, power trio rush. What could be wrong except for the fact that clearly it's closed? Because there's no one down there. So he said, well, Wendy, do you know anything about this Mars place? It might be kind of trippy for the kids. It's kind of like a Mars thing or whatever. She said, I don't know if she even knew. No, no, she had been there. She said, yeah. Yeah, they would. Have. I mean, if it was open, they probably would really dig it. So we're going to go to Mars, apparently. We're going to go to Mars in the, in the, in the, the year 2112. Right, okay, so, stop. So what we do is we go down the stairs and we, uh, I'm going to check it out. And the door opens. So we call up to the ladies and they all come down. And we uh, say to the gentleman there, uh, hello. And he says, hello, would you like to buy a ticket for the shuttle that goes to Mars? And we say, uh, well, are you open for lunch? And he says, well, there is a restaurant on Mars that's open. And we say, great, how do we get there? Because daddy's hungry. And he says, well, you have to take the Mars shuttle. We say, okay, where is it? And he says, would you like to buy some tickets? Do we need to buy some tickets? Yes, you do. You need to buy some tickets. What, we have to buy tickets to get into the restaurant? Well, you have to fly to Mars. Okay, you got a point. You got a point. We got a... Okay, we're going with this? We're really... We got to go with this. Okay, we're buying tickets to Mars. Here we go. Okay, seriously, what's, what's the ticket price for? It's for the entertainment. Okay, okay. Why? What's going to happen? Just go stand over there. Line up for the shuttle. <laughs> okay, okay. Come on, kids, let's line up for the shuttle. We're going to take a shuttle to Mars. Everybody want to take a shuttle? To Mars? Well, H is already a little, you know, trepidatious, to say the least. What is, because what does this mean? What does this mean? It means we're, uh, I don't know, I don't know. We're going to take a shuttle. So we're standing there. We're standing there. Now there's no one around, except this, this guy that just sold us the tickets and now he's gone. Now off to our left, there's a gift shop, but I don't see anybody in the gift shop. So there's just us in the loading bay of the Mars shuttle. So we, we're kind of waiting. We're kind of looking up, you know, next shuttle leaving in, uh, you know, 37 minutes. And there's no one around. And I'm thinking, uh, okay, <laughs> listen, I'll, I'll go along with the gag as much as anybody. I bought a ticket for the shuttle to go to Mars. But if you make a stand here, for 37 minutes, I'm going to eat the, uh, you know, the shuttle ticket price and we're going to Sparrow. Okay? 
We're going to get a slice topside if you're, you can't possibly. So then more people do come, more uh, earthlings. They buy tickets to the shuttle. They, they land up in front of other shuttle bay doors. And the guy kind of looks around the thing. And goes, oh, you're still here? Yeah. Do you think I'm the captain of the stinking shuttle? Open the bay doors, man. We got we to gotta get some zero gravity going and get some Diet Coke. So the, the, the bay doors open. And we walk into what is uh, apparently the passenger area of our Mars shuttle. And they're seating in there for probably, uh, you know, a, a two dozen people. Maybe 20. So we, are, we take our seats and we, I, don't, I think we buckle in. And it's become very clear to me that we're about to have like a kind of a fun little simulator ride. And I'm worried about my daughter because, you know, she's only five years old. Now, Princess uh, T, though, uh, you know, sometimes she's a trooper and sometimes she can kind of just swing with this stuff. But, you know, you never know. She's only five. You never know. She's never know. Well, the captain comes on and he, uh, you know, welcomes us to the f- flight and uh, we, uh, you know, the the, the thing, uh, the, you know, shuttlecraft, it lifts up and apparently, we, you know, we have to go up and take off from the roof. Obviously, we're not on the roof. We're down below ground level right now. So we go up on the roof and, you know, we kind of take off and we fly to Mars. And T is perfectly fine. T is Laughing and having a ball and pointing at the screen and giggling and whoa, this is fun and daddy, this is awesome and da da da. And Hudson has white knuckles. He's gripping the scene. He's like, ah ha ha. Hey, is this almost over? We're almost there, right? This is cool. No, this is fun. No, no, this is this is great. Wow, this is great. Are we there? This is great. I love this place. Are we gonna land soon? So we land on Mars. The red planet. The, the bay doors open. We're greeted. We're in Mars. We're in Mars. We go, uh, everything's red and rocky. It's rocky and dark. There's Martian music playing. It's kind of like 60s lounge music with kind of a drum and bass thing behind it. Yeah. I had lunch on Mars. I had some kind of space age uh, chopped chicken salad with uh, fried chicken uh, fingers on top of it. Mixed in a lovely, uh, uh, what seemed uh, very similar to an earth balsamic kind of uh, dressing. It's actually amazing. The, The food on Mars is quite similar to the food on Earth. And apparently a lot of uh, Earth expatriates have gone to Mars seeking employment in the uh, restaurant trade. I do recommend it, though. If you're ever in New York, if you're ever in the Times Square area and you want a kind of funky place to take the kids and kind of freak them out, and then aliens come by the table and play with your hat, apparently, and you can take your picture with them, it, when did that start, by the way? The whole, um, not you taking a picture. See, I'm, I'm all for, I, you know, I would never make fun of anyone for taking pictures of each other in some place, you know. 
What I don't like is, and this happened at Toys R Us, and this happens um, not at the LA Zoo, but when we go to the San Diego Zoo, a couple other places, I'm trying to think of where it is, where you walk into an establishment like uh, Toys R Us. Now, it really bothers me when I have to pay admission. Obviously, you don't pay admission but at Toys R Us, but like at the zoo, you walk in and then some uh, jackass wants to take your picture. And the only reason he wants to take your picture is so he can charge you for the picture. All right. You know what? Fine. It's America. You got to charge for everything. So you walk in and and they say, hi. So suddenly, you know, it's like the gap where they say hi to you, but it's really hi. I'm going to take your picture and try to get uh, you to buy it. Now, I guess maybe I wouldn't normally find that quite so irksome, but they're trying to take, you just walked in. I'm not, ha- hey, listen, Jack and Ape, I'm not having a good time yet. I just walked in. And in the case of Toys R Us, if you want to take my picture in Toys R Us and you want me to buy the picture of me in Toys R Us, first of all, A, let me get in the door. And B, don't take my picture when the background is, what, the sidewalk of Times Square, the glass doors, the double doors that I just walked through? How about putting the Ferris wheel in the background? Seriously, do you not have a training program here to teach you how to take a picture? Take the picture of the people with toys in the background. Seriously. It is so clear to me that your your whole life has kind of been culminating and you working part-time at a toy store. You really don't have the, 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 the presence of mind to turn the people around and have them what, pose in front of Jeffrey the giraffe or something. I don't know. Maybe, you know what? Maybe they're too stupid to work in the Hello Kitty department. Maybe they're, you know what? Give them the camera. If he gets something, whatever. Okay? Seriously. Being uh, being an internet celebrity, uh, in my own mind, I, uh, I annually go to what was this year referred to as the New Media Expo. Now, I think three years ago, it was the Podcasting Expo, and then it was the Podcasting uh, and New Media Expo, and now it's the New Media. I don't, I don't, honestly, I don't remember. All I know is every year I go. All I know is that every year it's put on uh, by uh, you know my friend and colleague, uh, Tim Berkwin, lovely man. Nothing, uh, you know, nothing but the finest uh, from him. And uh, that basically, that, that's me getting out of the house. As I go over to the to the thing, uh, it's kind of like going to, to a Star Trek convention in a way. And I'm, you know, Sulu. At least I'm hoping to be Sulu. I'm hoping to maintain some sort of Sulu, you know, status. And it's not easy, my friend. But anyway, the, the, the point of the conversation is this. Um, I wasn't sure I was going to go this year because they moved it to Las Vegas. And it's in the summertime now and it's in Las Vegas. And just the idea of going to Las Vegas and staying overnight in Las Vegas, you know, you know, listen, you know, you've been listening long enough. I don't drink. I don't drink. I, uh, no intention of drinking really, uh, more than a tiny bit. I don't gamble. 
I don't uh, hire the services of uh, ladies of the night. And I don't want to see Barry Manilow live. So really, honestly, what's the point of me going to Las Vegas? Except for the New Media Expo. But that used to be in Ontario where I could just drive there. I could just drive there. And if I really went to, I could even drive home. But as you, uh, you know, probably know by now, what happened was Brian Ibbett from Coverville, the podcast, the incredibly uh, successful and long-running and wonderful Coverville podcast, uh, Brian Ibbett decided that for the 500th Coverville recording, he would put on a little concert. Because the the New Media Expo was going to correspond, coincide, it was going to do whatever it was going to do, it was be at the same time as, don't nick, listen, I'm not reading, okay? Don't nitpick about uh, my uh, relatively blasé choice of words. You know, I'm not trying to get a writing gig here. This is just talking. You want to see a sample of my writing? Hold your breath. Listen, Brian was going to put on a concert. And um, I think it was Lance Anderson from Verge of the Fringe gave him the bright idea of asking me to host it, which was very lovely of Lance, frankly, and very lovely of, uh, of Brian to extend the offer. But now, uh, guess what? I definitely got to go to Las Vegas now. Listen, I've wanted to host Coverville since uh, the second time I heard it. Now, I'd heard of Coverville. You know, he plays covers. That's why it's called Coverville. You know that, right? He plays cover songs. You know, you know what a cover song is? It's not the original song. It's somebody's re-recording of the song. It's called a cover. And I love covers. I don't know why I love covers. Something about listening to your favorite song for the first time again kind of thing. That's kind of the MC Escher way of explaining it, but you, you understand. I love cover. In fact, and I've said this a million times before, I've even told Brian, when I was first... When I first heard about podcasts, I was like, oh, I'd love to do a, maybe a music podcast. Maybe we'll do a cover thing. And then I heard about this thing, Coverville. So, well, I better check out this thing, Coverville, because he seems to be doing pretty well. And everyone seems to listen to this show. You know, all two, three hundred of us that were listening to podcasts at the time. Um, so I tuned into Coverville and it's a cover. It's all covers of Fleetwood Mac. And I'm like, you know, this guy is, uh, no, this, this. Oh boy! You know, I uh, I had enough of the Rumors album in 1970, whatever it was. If this is what this guy is going to do, is play covers of Fleetwood Mac, I you know what? Maybe I should do a cover show because I I can't listen to this malarkey. So then I listened again. God knows why I listened again. I think because some maybe uh, you know I don't know. Maybe somebody insisted that I listen again. It was probably Michael Gohagen. Probably uh insisted that I give it another try. And I did. And then I was hooked. Absolutely hooked. Brian, it, Brian and I have very similar taste in, in music, although he's uh, encyclopedic in his knowledge. And since that day, I've loved Coverville. I've been jealous. I've always wanted to kind of guest host Coverville. So it was very bizarre when he asked me to do this. So now I have to go. I have to go. I mean, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to not only host, uh, you know, kind of a Coverville in a way, it's kind of like hosting Coverville, even if even though it isn't really the show, it's a concert, but still, and I'm going to be in Las Vegas. I've never performed in Las Vegas. I performed in Reno, but not in Las Vegas. You know, I used to be a comedian, used to want to perform in Las Vegas, I think, maybe, in theory. I'm going to get to at least be on stage in front of people that I uh, know and respect. You know, all the all these, uh, you know, new media uh, folks. You know what I'm saying? I've got to go. 
Well, and it just so happened, and, and this was purely kind of coincidental, as it turns out. When Melissa, my wife, was booking our flights back east, one of the options to, and I don't know if it's because we were flying, did we fly in miles this time? I don't know. She does all that. I don't think we were actually. Uh, but to keep the fare low and and to fly exactly when we wanted to and so I could get to the media expo or back in town in time to go or whatever, they actually said, well, you know, uh, one of our hubs is Las Vegas. So you could fly from LA to Las Vegas and then Las Vegas to Albany. We're going to fly into Albany this time instead of Newark. Blah, blah, blah. Have your little vacation and then fly back. So our plan was, well, wait a minute. This is perfect. When we fly back, Dan, me, that's me. Dan, I, I would not get on the second flight and just stay in Las Vegas, do the hokey pokey, turn myself around and then fly home. Awesome plan. Awesome. Now, the problem in any scenario like this is almost always yours truly. Because I am a procrastinator who's also very busy. And so it's very, very easy to put off anything that isn't really, 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 really necessary to take take care of right this second. So I didn't necessarily uh, book my flight back from Las Vegas right away because I needed to call the airline and say, hey, listen, I'm supposed to have this layover in Las Vegas on uh, August uh, whatever. Could it be like instead of an hour, could it be like two days? Could I have essentially a two-day layover in Las Vegas? No, they say. You're sure? Yes. You can't, sir. No, you cannot do that. You have to buy a ticket from Las Vegas to Los Angeles. Okay? Even though you're going to be there and we've got, I mean, it's kind of separate. It's not, you know, okay. So you're going to need to buy that ticket. Okay. Well, I figured, and I was very busy, but I thought I wouldn't be as busy once we got to New York. So I thought, you know what? When we get to New York, I'll buy the ticket and uh, that'll be no problem. Well, we had it all worked out that Melissa was going to have one of those really high-tech uh, things that you plug into your computer and you get internet access through the uh, cell phone networks or whatever. Through your Edge network or your G3 network or whatever it is. You know what I mean? You know, it's a USB thingy. It's a thingy that you plug into your computer and you get internet the same way you get cell phone reception, not through your cable or your phone, but through, you know, whatever. Because her mother, obviously, she has no internet connection. We have no expectation of her having internet, so we made this arrangement. Well, and this is no fault of anyone's, this is just life. You know how you have really good cell phone reception everywhere but your mom's house, and then for some reason at your mom's house you just have crappy reception? Well, guess what? We had no reception at my mother-in-law's house. Spotty cell phone. I don't know. I don't know what it is. If it's that little water-filled gully that they built that house, I don't know. We can't get a connection. We can't get a connection. And Melissa's up to her 
Adam's apple. She doesn't have an Adam's apple. Do women not even have Adam's apples? She's up to her chinny chin chin in work. Now, what have I started a rumor now that my wife has an Adam's apple that I'm married to a man? Is that what's happened just now? One uh, slip of the tongue? And now my wife is a she-male? Relax. Do you think I know? I'm getting delirious from the heat in here. Please. Well, we don't have cell service. So the little bit of cell, or, uh, excuse me, we don't have internet service. So the little bit of internet service we do have is really immediately siphoned off either by Melissa or some things that I needed to download because I had to do some work. You know, some podcasting work. So then we make the shift over to my brother-in-law's house where there's wonderful cells. Or, uh, you know what I mean. Do I have to keep correcting myself every stinking time? You know what I'm talking about. Internet service. The cell service is good and the internet service. So I book my ticket. Now, I don't remember which one of us it was that made the realization. Well, no, you know what it is? It's one of those things where you have this little fantasy. Here's my fantasy. I'm just going to pack a few clothes in an overnight little case. And I'll take it on the plane as carry-on. And then I'll just, you know, when I'm in Vegas, I'll just carry it off. And then I'll just go to Las Vegas. But then when you're packing and you've got a garment bag and you've got the rolling thing and you go, you know, hmm. If I want my shirts to look the least bit presentable, because I want to look somewhat presentable, you know, I'm trying to be Sulu here, people. I maybe want to take the garment bag instead of the little thing where I'm going to have to fold these nice, you know, my, my mother-in-law and my wife, they went and bought me these new shirts. And I want to wear my new shirts at the new Media Expo. They're new Media Expo new shirts. So I'm going to take Ah, uh, the garment bag. Okay, I'm gonna. I just want to check it. Okay, wouldn't that be the best thing to do? And I'll just somehow. Oh, 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 oh. Can I check it? Oh. Can I check it? Huh. This is a good. See. Hmm. I assume I can check it. Can't I just check it? Or does it have to go all the way to L.A.? Because I don't want to check it if it's going to go to L.A. Because I'm not going to L.A. I'm going to Las Vegas. And if I'm going to Las Vegas, I don't want my pants and my shirts, my new new media shirts. I don't want them going to, uh, to Los Angeles. They're going to Las Vegas, not Los Angeles. Well, I better call the airline. So I called the airline. It's Southwest. Okay. I'm going to out Southwest right now. Hello, Southwest. Listen, I have these two flights and a layover and a thing, and I, I, I want to stay in Las Vegas. And, uh, you, you know, I want, I want my bag. Do you understand? And she says, sure do. Now, I feel like a schmo because, and I don't know why, there's some sort of weird, uh, you know, anti-Las Vegas sober guy thing. I don't know what it is. I kind of, like, I'm overwhelmed by the need to explain to the woman at Southwest on the phone that I'm not going to Las Vegas to gamble and to drink and to see Barry Manilow. For some reason that that I need, I don't know why, what ego thing, what anti-Eckhart Tolle remnant I have that I just cannot be on. All I need to do, listen, all I need to do is ask this woman, can I check my bag in a way 
where it goes in in Albany and comes out of Las Vegas. That's all I need to say. I don't need to say things like, well, you know, something, some business, uh, business related business conference, business conference came up at the last, you know, I've got business. I'm working in Las Vegas. I'm flying now with my wife and my children. I'm married. I have children. Uh, my wife that I love and, and I'm going to Las Vegas and I'm working there at a conference. I have a conference. I'm Sulu at a conference and I'm working and I'm, it's just for working in Las Vegas. It's not, there's no pleasure in Las Vegas for me. I'm, do you understand? Can I check my bag in Albany and then take it off in Las Vegas? Yes, you can. She says without, without thinking about it. Yes, sir. You certainly can. Are you sure? Absolutely. So how do, how do I go about this? Well, sir, all you need to do, all you need to do is tell the baggage checker person to check your other bags through to LA, but to check yours for Las uh, Vegas. That's it. Yes, it is. Southwest, I love you. Thank you very much. Good night, sir. Good night. Click, click, click. We're all done. I pack the garment bag. I'm so happy. My new, new media, new media shirts are going to be crispy and clear clean, somewhat wrinkle-free. You know, they'll only be bent once instead of 50 times. So I pack, I pack, I pack, I put the shirts in there, the pants in there. I got a video camera in there that I know I'll never use. I got some uh, buttons, some other buttons, some new age, some uh, n- new wave radio, old wave music uh, buttons, some bitters pill buttons, some arf buttons. I've got underwear, ditty bags, shaving gear, I've got it all, baby. It's all in the big blue garment bag. I feel like such a grown-up. I'm going to check luggage. I'm going to p- get it in Las Vegas. It's going to be awesome. So on the day that we leave, we all pile into our rented uh, Mazda. The rented Mazda that I love. The rented, what was it? Like a Mazda 5, was it called? Mazda, it's basically, this is what, I, do you do you have a Mazda? Do you ever have you ever driven a Mazda five? You know what it is? It's a mini minivan. It's not a minivan. It's not a minivan. It's not a car. I swear to you. This is this is the campaign. Mazda five. It's a mini minivan, I swear to you. That isn't that awesome? Not really. But you know what I mean. It seats uh, six comfortably in bucket seats. It, it's smooth. It's easy on the gas mileage. It really is. And the best thing for me, for new media geeky daddy, man, iPod. I mean, that's really, when I'm packing, honestly, the most important thing is, is the iPod charged and full. It had an auxiliary audio in plug. Right next to what we used to call a cigarette lighter. You know, the power thingy. What do you call those now that they're not cigarette lighters? You know, the, the power supply thing. Right next to that, boom, audio in. You can just jack your iPod right into it. I love this. is my favorite rental car in the history of rentals. It was also hard won. Now, I'm going to back up a little bit. We arrive in Albany. Now, listen, I'm a, I'm a Hertz. Do you understand when I say to you that I am a Hertz Gold member? I am Gold member. Give me a car without asking for it. I'm a Gold member. I love being a gold member because it makes me feel like I have a gold member. But also, 
I like, like in uh, Newark. In Newark, and in probably most a- airports, yeah, I guess so, because it was like that uh, Oakland too. You know, if you're a gold member, you don't have to go up to the counter. They have your name, D-Class. Next to a stall number on a big electronic board, you just go, I'm styling. You go right up to that car, you jump in, you drive off. You're good to go. <laughs> right? Except in Albany. Because uh, uh, Albany, I, I don't because it's such a small airport, you got to go talk to some guy. Some guy in the night with a mustache. Now, why I have to talk to you when I'm a gold member, gold members don't have to talk to you. I'm a very important gold member man. Now, honestly, the only reason I'm a gold member, and you're probably a gold member too, so you know exactly what I'm going to say, it's because we belong to Costco. I think that's it. I think we're gold members because we have some kind of fancy dancy, uh, we pay Costco too much for a membership and they give us a gold membership. That's it. Good evening, sir. How are you, sir? Fine, sir. You got my car, sir? Yes, I do, sir. Here are the keys, sir. It's non-smoking, isn't it, sir? Yes, it is, sir. Absolutely, sir. You you reserved non-smoking car? Yes, I did, sir. Is it uh, from your economy line? It sure is, baby, because I want to save gas and I don't want to smell smoke. Excellent, sir. Welcome to Albany, sir. Go right that way and then go across the street, go along, and there it is. It's, uh, you know, stall number 24. So, here we go. Dan and his family of four, his beautiful wife and kids, la la la. Let's go to stall twenty four. We're in Albany and it's humid, but we're gonna see family and we're so excited and we're so hungry and I just need another Diet Coke, but I don't care. Cause you gotta start the trip, trust me, with a Diet Coke, because you know where it's going. It's going to migraines and you're going to Mars and you're going to Diet Coke. You gotta you gotta keep the caffeine flowing, keep those uh brain brain uh corpuscles uh dilated or whatever, constricted, I don't know. Well, we open the car, you know, the non-smoking car in stall uh, 24. And I'm pretty sure that someone had been smoking in it. Pretty sure that someone smoked a lot in it, probably while it was raining outside and the windows were down because it had that damp smoky flavor that we can't live with for 10 weeks or excuse me for 10 days that we can't live with for 10 days we can't do it my wife has a sensitive nose we don't smoke we don't okay so now i got to go back up to mustache guy hello sir hello sir what what can i do for you sir well sir the no smoking car reeks sir Oh, really, sir? Yes, sir. Can we get a non-smoking car? That is a non-smoking car, sir. It doesn't smell like it. Well, I assure you it's a non-smoking car. Well, sir, it smells like smoke. Well, sir, he says to me, eventually, sir, they all get smoked in. Oh. Now I'm thinking to myself, eventually, sir, could you get the smell out? Sir, could you do that? Or could you tell the guy that's actually in charge of getting the smell out to not smoke in the car while he's vacuuming it out? Maybe that's the problem.
I think we actually went through a couple cars. So finally, uh, they give us this big SUV. This big, monstrous SUV. Luckily for the same price as the little economy thing. And we pile all in the SUV and we drive the two hours or whatever it is from Albany to Poughkeepsie in this gas-guzzling SUV that I don't want. And we're all grinding our teeth because the airline has rerouted our biggest suitcase. They haven't lost it. Listen, it's not lost. It's just not here. Where is it? I don't know. I would classify that as lost. Oh, no, no, ma'am, sir, ma'am. It's not lost. Then where is it? It's on its way. Really from where? Not really sure. Now, luckily, Melissa handles that kind of stuff. I do not. I I do not handle that stuff. And I'll tell you why. Uh, I'm not good at that. I'm not good at that because Melissa has zero, one mile an hour, two mile an hour. Then she'll kind of go up to maybe 40. And then she can, she can stay at a good 70, you know, if need be. And she gets the job done. I, I come in around 10, 20, and then I'll stay at 10, 20, maybe 30. And I'll just kind of putt along at 30. And then if things get really bad, I'll go up to like maybe 220 miles an hour and I flip it and it's a fiery crash and you don't want that because I'm the one that just starts swearing and go, it starts to really like just see red and go crazy. So I, I seem like I'm maybe good cop at first and then they, they right, you don't want to get it to where it actually turns out that Melissa was good cop and you had no idea as she was reaming you out that she was actually good cop because I would just uh, get arrested. You don't, okay. So really she needs to handle all this stuff. So it turns out that they, they didn't lose our bag. It just wasn't in our possession. And when it arrived in Albany, which they were fairly confident it would, even though they had absolutely no reason to be because they had no idea where it was, they could FedEx it to us. So it would arrive. So here's day one. It would arrive on day two, and then they could FedEx it for day three delivery. Hey, our clothes are in there. What do you think we're going to wear? This? Till the middle of the week? I don't think so. So they lose the bag. They, they give us, uh, you know, the smoking lounge at the Playboy Club as a rental car. So we're driving back to Poughkeepsie in this gas guzzling, you know, whatever it was. I don't even remember. Like, I, I, I got to tell you, if they find the bag tomorrow, I'm driving back here. And I'm getting rid of the gas guzzler. And I'm getting our bag and I'm driving because I don't want to wait for FedEx to lose it. Or to deliver three days from now. Because they'll, they'll give you $50 each. Or $50 a bag or $50 something. Maybe it's $50 a bag. Listen, I buy my clothes at Target. And even Target, I can't dress anybody in the family for 50 bucks. Not for more than one day. Well, luckily, luckily, they did. I don't want to say find it because they claim they didn't lose it. So if they won't take credit for having lost it, I'm not going to give them credit for having found it. They didn't find it. It just arrived. And they called Melissa and I said, I'm going. I'm going. That's it. I'm not going to sit around. I'm not going to wait in these clothes for FedEx tomorrow. I'm going. I'm getting rid of the gas guzzler. 
So uh, I go get the bag and then I go over to Hertz and I say to Hertz, hey, Hertz, hi. Listen, we were here last night and uh, we wanted a green car, you know, a car from your green line. You know, I have green cars now. Everything's green. Basically, we want one that um, drinks in the gas actually slower than I can pump it in. Okay. What I'd like to do is trade this gigantic V8 SUV in for something that uh, I can afford to drive. No problem, gold member. No problem. Go over. Here's your car. It's a such and such that I don't recognize because you know what? I don't know what a Toyota Corolla GRX 2579 is. I don't. What am I, car and driver? Can you just give me a car that doesn't suck the gas in that fast, please? I mean, if I cannot watch the gauge go down, I think we're ahead of the game. So I go in and I've got the suitcase. I'm so happy. I'm just so happy. And it's just a little four-door. It's a little four-door. And I've got the luggage and I throw it in the trunk and I'm just so happy because I'm going to go to back home to Poughkeepsie. I'm going to stop on my way at the truck stop to get a Diet Coke. And I'm not going to have to fill it up for days. I'm just not... And I, and I, it's so cute because the door locks are even manual. I mean, it's that pared down a car. There's no like clicker and a beeper. There's nothing like that. I literally have to put the key in the door and I open up the door and I sit down and you know what? Eventually they all get smoked in. So we're going to fast forward back to the beginning of the end. So all my clothes are in the blue suitcase, the garment bag. Not in the rolling carry-on anymore because I'm getting off in Las Vegas, baby, and I'm checking through. I'm going to get my bag in Vegas, and I'm Vegas-bound, and I'm going to do the expo, and I'm going to host Coverville 500, damn you. Migraine or not. Uh, we'd, we'd, hey, we'd, we'd like to check in, Southwest. You would? Sure would. We're a happy, gleaming, clean, white, Happy, shiny family. Check us in. Absolutely. Where will you be going? Well, we're going to go to Los Angeles. My husband's going to get off uh, in uh, Las Vegas. And uh, we'd also like to, um, you know, we'd like to check his bag in for Las Vegas and the rest in for Los Angeles. We can't do that. What do you mean? Well, we, we can't short check a bag. That's uh, against the uh, law or it's against the rules. It's against something. Something is against it. Well, someone on the phone assured us that we could uh, do that, that we would just tell you as we give you the bag that we want to do this. Well, where are these going? They're going to Los Angeles. So they tag them for Los Angeles. They put them on the conveyor belt and they disappear. Now, where's this one going? Las Vegas. Do you have a ticket for Las Vegas? Yeah. But our computer says that you're going to Los Angeles. Well, okay. Did you not pay attention? We're flying from here to Las Vegas. We have a layover in Las Vegas. Then they're going to continue on. And I'm not going to take the other flight. I'm just going to stay in Las Vegas. You can't do that. Why, why, why can't I do that? You need to buy a ticket. 
to do that. I bought a ticket to get home. Listen, I already bought a ticket to get home. I can't have a two-day layover. I know. I bought a ticket to do it. No, 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 sir. Uh Uh-oh, I'm sir already. Okay. Sir, your flight is to Los Angeles. Yeah, by way of Las Vegas. But you don't have a Las Vegas ticket. You have a Los Angeles ticket by way of Las Vegas. Now this is now this is the manager now. He's already come, he's already come. The little rookie guy, the woman left. First it was a woman. She left. She left the rookie there. Then the rookie. Then he has to signal in for the man. No, we're getting hot. We're getting hot because first of all, the bags are gone. I can't switch my clothes back into the carry on. I have a big big uh, you know garment bag that I have to check to go somewhere. And because we've told this guy the big plan, he's saying, no, 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 no. You're breaking the rules. These are Southwest rules. You can't get off in Las Vegas. That's changing your itinerary. You got a certain fare based on the fact that you were flying all the way to Los Angeles. If you want to get off in Las Vegas, you have to buy a ticket to Las Vegas and that's $160. All right, let me get this straight. Because... Because you're talking to me now, you should really, you should have stuck with my wife because she's clear-headed and I'm the one I can't think now. Because I'm I'm fairly certain that you just told me, God, I must be losing my mind. Okay, okay, stop. Just stop talking for a second. You're, okay, we're going to fly to Las Vegas and we're going to get off a plane, but I can't stay off the plane because... How, how 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 does that hurt you? I don't understand. I don't I don't understand how me not flying to Los Angeles is somehow losing you money, Southwest. And he says, "But it is losing us money, sir." How? 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 <laughs> how is how are you losing money? Because that's obviously what these rules are for: is guarding your money. Fine. How am I losing you money by not occupying a seat on the flight from Las Vegas to Los Angeles? We're losing out on the $160 for the ticket that you really need to buy right now if you want to fly from here to Las Vegas. Now... At this point, I'm about ready to tell him where he can stick Las Vegas. But the problem is, I will have, I have no way of getting my clothes to Las Vegas. Because essentially what they've said is, if I want my clothes in Las Vegas, I have to buy a ticket specifically to Las Vegas. And that if I don't want, even even if I go without my clothes, okay, if I get off, they'll know and they'll put me on some kind of list. And apparently this is something that people do and uh, you can end up on a list because everything's computerized now. That's the problem. Everything's computerized. They, they can put you on a list in 10 seconds. 
we are between a rock and a hard place here because this guy is not servicing the customer. He's servicing only the company. And it's that kind of like, um, I don't have the power to say yes. I only have the power to say no. And guess what I'm saying? No. Okay. Basically, if you want to fly to Las Vegas, sir, you need to buy a ticket to Las Vegas. Well, I need, I need my new, um, I need my new, new expo, new media shirts. I'm host, I'm hosting. I mean, I'm going to be at Bally's. I'm going to be performing at Bally's and I cannot perform at Bally's in a t-shirt that I buy in the gift shop of the Hilton in Las Vegas. I can't do it. I need a nice press shirt. Listen, I'm a small bald man. I got to look good. Wait, you think I can just stroll in there in my pajamas? I'm not tall and I don't have good hair. I got to work it. So I basically paid twice to fly from Albany, New York, to Las Vegas. Once for the first ticket and once for the special luggage ticket. Well, we weren't even at our gate and my wife was on the phone with American Express saying, you do, you got to hold that, you got to hold that charge, mama, you know, because good, bad cop is coming at Southwest. So you better hold it, baby, because they're going to get the wrath. They're going to get the wrath of my very best off Italian American wife. Look out. She's got just enough German in her and just, just don't, you don't, don't even, don't, do not. Needless to say, the rest of uh, the day was not cool because Melissa was very angry. I was very angry. See, I, don't, I basically don't like to pay twice for anything. That, that just seems uh, kind of wrong to me. But the dude in Albany, man, he was not giving an inch. Now, of course, she took down names. Listen. Okay, we just paid $160 for the luggage. I need your name and I need your name. Well, I'm such and such and I'm so and so. Well, what's your last names? We can't give out. Oh, you can't give out last names? I'm going to rip your last name out of your stinking colon in about 10 seconds. Well, eventually I make my way late in the day, expo-wise to the expo floor. And I'm chatting with some folks. I'll get into that element next time. I'm chatting with some folks and my phone rings and I look and it's Melissa. And I don't want to be rude, so I'll I'll call her back. She's probably just calling to say uh, that they're home or one of the fish is dead or... you know who knows so I'm going to call her I'm going to call her back and and, you know as soon as I get a chance but I you know this you know I'm here to talk to people and to hang out and you know well my phone rings again and it's Melissa again 
And if it was nothing, she would, she wouldn't, she wouldn't. So I excuse myself and I pick up the phone and it is Melissa. And she informs me that she has spoken on the phone to Southwest. And Southwest on the phone. No, and Melissa's got her arguments together. She's, she's debriefed me several times. Who did you speak with at Southwest? I don't know. What did they say? They said I could do it. Did they even have, they didn't even have to think about it, baby. They said you could do it. Are you sure? You don't know who, what time did you call? Do you know what they, so she was, she was loaded. And she called Southwest and she got someone on the phone and she said, hey, listen, this is what happened. And you know what they said? We will remove the charge immediately. That should never have happened. We apologize. No more questions. They didn't ask her who we talked to. When, how, what? Oh, they did ask a couple questions. The names of the two guys in Albany with no last names. (laughs) Don't mess with my wife, babies. Oh, they did ask a couple questions. Oh, they did ask a couple questions. <laughs> Don't mess with my wife, babies. Don't mess with my wife, babies. <laughs> All right, that's it. Uh, that's it for uh, this time. Next time uh, will be the uh, story of the expo, the uh, new media expo in Las Vegas, Nevada. The wonderful uh, Coverville 500 concert. Hopefully, that will be um, Brian Ibbett's going to release much of that. I think as a podcast, or some of it. Uh, I don't know what the deal is. Stories to tell, some stories to not tell. Uh, anyway. That's that. Give me a call if you uh, would like to, uh, you know, contribute. 206-309-0310, I think. Something like that. You know, Dan, this is Scott speaking. How are you? I usually, I don't like to uh, interject politics into the proceedings. But, you know, I'm just going to do it just this once. So, Forgive me for 15 seconds. What follows is a political message. Barack Obama! Barack Obama! Barack Obama! Barack Obama! Barack Obama! Thank you. Drop me a line at uh, pill at danclass.com. Hey, um, so... A couple things in the works. We'll let you know. Thank you for the encouragement, those of you who have written uh, weeks ago, months ago, I read some things that I had written on this uh, program. 
from the book that I started to write before I started to do this podcast. And uh, and I've been threatening since January to write a book this year. And as you know, it's uh, I haven't, uh, you know, nothing. Well, I finally got to start on it right before we left for vacation. And then a little bit on vacation. So my goal is to have a little Christmas book. My little gift to you. Um, by November. I don't know how I'm going to pull that off. Uh, hopefully while the kids are at school. And then if I really, really, really bust a move on March uh, 17th, I will release in podcast form or some such the beginning of uh, the full book. The Christmas stories will probably be part of that. But um, uh, that's my goal anyway. I, re- I hope I can uh, meet that goal. I don't know when I'm going to find the time, but um, with school in session and both kids going, uh, please, oh, please, oh, please, oh, please. Anyway, uh, you know, that's that. I will talk to you very soon. Thank you so much for um, sticking with me and supporting The Bitterest Pill. Whether you're uh, paid or not paid, uh, I don't know. But uh, either way, I thank you so much. And uh, I'm sorry it took so long. For uh, most of you, I don't mind the complaining. There's only one or two of you that uh, I don't want to hear it from you. You know who you are. You've complained in the past. And I don't want to hear it from you. From you, you can't say a word. If you say another word, then you're gone. That's the great thing about the paid thing is, um, you know, I, I, can, I think I can kick people right out. You know, you don't mind your P's and Q's. I think that stands for pints and quarts, by the way. Tells you where everybody's heads at. All right, my friends, enough of that. Listen, uh, you'll hear from me again very soon. For a month, I know. I don't know how I'm going to do this. Here we go. Anyway, thank you. All right? All right. TSH MCG bye The Bitterest Pill is produced by Jacket Media Jacketmedia.com makers of fine podcasts since 2004